The following message was recorded at Fountain of Life Fellowship in Fountain Valley, California. For more information, visit www.folfcrc.com. All right, our scripture reading today is from Ephesians chapter 3. So that's on page 977. In your chair Bibles, that's Ephesians 3. We're going to look at 7 to 13. Of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace which was given me by the working of his power. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. So I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you, which is your glory. This is God's word. Amen. Thanks, Matt. Well, it's a joy to be here. Um, it's always a joy to be with God's people. So most of you I haven't even met, and yet we're brothers and sisters in Christ. And in that is just a joyous thing, right? And, um, and I love the little, little saying, you know, <clears throat> um, we're just beggars showing other beggars where to get bread. And so today that's what I am here to do is really to, to come and, and be able to as I've been able to study in the book of Ephesians um, and just enjoy the bread of the Lord, um, I hope to show that to you as well so that you can enjoy his food that he sustains us with. And um, so, um, yeah, as, as Matt said, you know, I've known him now for 23 years, which is, makes me old. Um, and so, but I've not known him as long as my wife has. So they actually knew each other a year before me. And um, so it's just fun to... Um, get to know someone that long, but really what I take great joy in is just, um, there's a lot of probably brothers and sisters who are not necessarily faithfully preaching the word, but after 23 years later, Matt being here preaching the word faithfully, like that's something greatly to rejoice in. Um, and so I'm just thankful for that. And it's, <clears throat> you know, and I, I, uh, I love that um, he is just striving to be a shepherd and you know, growing in that, and, and like all life and churches, there's always ebbs and flows, right? And, but I love that he's um, getting to shepherd you, and the Lord has called him to do that, and I pray that he can keep growing as a shepherd, um, and I hope you guys can keep growing as a church and how to continue to come alongside him as well, and this can be a beautiful thing as, as the watching world watches you guys, right? Because we get to be the representation to, to the world of, of Christ and and so, um, one of the things that I'm going to do is, is teaching through Ephesians, you know, of talking about shepherds, like Paul is the ultimate shepherd, is he not? Like just watching him care for um, the church. And here we see it in Ephesus. Um, so I'm going to try to give you guys a little bit of a context to this chapter. So we're, I'm going to be speaking in chapter 3, what we just read. Um, but Paul is writing this letter to the church at Ephesus. Just to have an understanding here, the Ephesians really are made up of Jews and Gentiles, and there was a lot of division between the two of them. And so a lot of his writing is to say, listen, Jews and Gentiles, you are actually one. You are one people of God. There is not two. There's not Jews and Gentiles. You are one. You are one God's people. And as God's people, you are my people. You are the church. Okay, And so he goes and talks about all the blessings that we have of being in Christ. All of God's people have these massive amounts of blessings. And, and we'll look at those later, but in chapters 1 and 2, he just really runs through all the privileges we have of being God's children. Um, and he comes into chapter 3, and um, just verse 1, talking about he is the pastor, the, the apostle that he has been to the, to the Ephesians. Um, and how in verse 3, God has revealed this mystery to, to Paul, and, and he even defines this mystery in verse 6 
as this mystery defined is not just for the Jews, but the Gentiles are the people of God as well, which is, this is like a huge hinge in history, because up to this point, it's been God's people have been who? The Jews, and, and, and he, throughout there, he sprinkled things in about you know, that the Gentiles are also part of it, but this is when Jesus comes, it becomes clearly known. Okay, so this is that big hinge, and he says, no, the Jews and the Gentiles are my people, those who have faith in Christ. Okay, and so that's where we are as we come into verse 7, and, um, and he says, of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power, to me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Okay, one of the things that I, I love coming here, um, you know, sometimes if you ever go to a new church, you don't necessarily know everyone's love for the gospel, understanding of the gospel, but my knowledge of Matt is, is just that he loves the gospel, and so I'm assuming that he preaches that to you regularly. So, if I asked, I'm just going to do this, I'm going to put you on the spot. So, what is the gospel then? The good news. Good. That's right. That's, that's what it means. What is the good news then? Jesus Christ died for our sins, rose again. Yeah, what do we receive in this? So he took our sins. What do we receive? We receive all of his righteousness. Now, what's our relationship with the Lord like? Yeah, we get right into his presence, right? We have full, confident access to, Father, to the Father because of Christ. Like, that's the gospel, right? That's the good news. Like, we don't have to pay for our sins. We received all the righteousness of Christ. Like, it is, it is a glorious thing. And, and so that's why I felt confident being able to ask you because I figured you guys had that. Like, you've been preached that before. Like, you know this. So here we are when he says, of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the, to the gift of God's grace. Um, you know, he is made a minister. How? By the gift of God's grace. Another word that you guys are probably familiar with. Um, this isn't something Paul has earned, right? This is, a, this is grace. So you guys have heard of the um, just, grace, G-R-A-C-E acronym, that's right? Yeah, thank you. I was acronym. I was like, that's not right. Acronym. No, acronym. Okay, grace. So what does grace stand for? Does anyone have an acronym? Right, so God's riches at Christ's expense, right? So this is, this is something that we, we get God's riches, but we don't pay for them. Christ has paid for them, right? We, we get all of, all of those blessings that God gives us at the cost of Jesus Christ, his son, okay? And so here, even this, Paul is saying, of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, Okay? Similarly, earlier on in Ephesians, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, um, it talks about how we as well, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It's the gift of God, not by works, so no one can boast. So what here is again, like God's grace to us for salvation um, is evident. Um, and Paul is also saying here, though, he's, he gets the privilege of being a minister even by God's grace. Um, and I'm just going to say God's grace is evident. Guys, in your life, like just even the grace that you know of Christ is phenomenal. Like how many people are in the world, more or less? Seven billion, I think, right? Around that, give or take a couple, 100,000. So, but seven billion people. And it says like, you know, if you look up in the, you know, the trustworthy Wikipedia, um, it's like two billion people are like believers in Jesus Christ. Okay, so that's like five billion people who don't even know him. And so even that you know him is a grace of God. Um, but not only are we, know, are we believers of him, but Paul says he was, the, he was given the grace to be a minister. Also, guys, we as well have been given that same grace that we get to share this good news with others. So um, <clears throat> in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. 
The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Now all this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. So guys, not only is Paul a minister of God's grace, so are we. Like, and I, so I want us to see that. Like, we also are called here. Um, and so what's interesting here is that Paul goes on to say, you know, I'm a minister by grace, right? I've been called by grace. And just to prove my point, he goes to say, um, of this, in verse 7, of this gospel I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints. Okay, have you ever think, have you ever wondered like, okay, is he just saying that? Like Paul's the stud of all studs, right? Right? To me, the least of all the saints. Why is he saying that? Because he's humble? He got a late start? <laughs> That's right. Because he was terrible. He was evil on evil, right? And he recognizes this. I mean, you know, 1 Timothy 1.13, though formerly I was a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an insolent opponent. Um, he, is, he was known, like he was persecuting the church of God. He was going from house to house, killing them, drag, dragging them out, putting them in prison. Um, like he, he was evil, and, and here's how Jesus talks about it in, in Acts 9, 4 and 5. He says, this is when Paul is on his way to Damascus um, to persecute those in Damascus, the, the believers there. And it says, and Paul, falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, um, because he was called Saul before God changed his name to Paul. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. He didn't say, I'm Jesus because you're persecuting my people. Who does he say he's persecuting? Him, me, right? And so Paul is very aware of this, um, that he persecuted Jesus by persecuting the bride of Jesus, by persecuting the body of Jesus. Um, he imprisoned, beat, murdered God's people. So this is why he says, I am so undeserving of this calling. Is he right? Absolutely. He is so undeserving. He does not deserve this privilege. And I'm just going to say, here's a mirror. <laughs> right? So are we. We are completely undeserving of this. Anyone want to give any testimonies? No. Okay. <laughs> I mean, arrogance, pride, selfishness, anger. Like, we could keep going, right? Like, we know ourselves, guys. We know that we don't deserve the grace of God. We don't. We deserve his wrath. He gives us his kindness. He does, not only does he give us salvation, he gives us the privilege to be ambassadors for him. We get the privilege of making this truth, this glorious gospel, known to others. That's the task he has given us. We get the privilege of, of helping people who are dead see life and have life. People who are hopeless have hope. People who are joyless have joy. So in verse 8, he says, To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. What's he preaching? The unsearchable riches of Christ. Okay, turn to Ephesians 1 with me. Because what are these unsearchable riches? Well, he, like I said, lays it out in chapters 1 and 2. We're not going to read all chapters 1 and 2. But we are going to read the first section in chapter 1 just because this is the complete foundation of this gospel. Like, if you're an ambassador, what are you talking about? What are you sharing with people? What are you telling people? And I want us to just be overwhelmed by the riches that we have being in Christ. Um, so, 1-1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, 
to the saints who are in Ephesus and the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption as to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he blessed us in the beloved. Now in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of, his, of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of the truth, the gospel of your salvation, believed in him, you were sealed with the, Holy, the promised Holy Spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. All right, so what are some of the, some of the riches that we have in Christ that you see in there? He chose us. That's right. Anything else? <laughs> Very good. If you, need a, if you need a little help, you can look up at the thing. So... Yeah, so I'll just read them to you. So, yeah, he chose us. We are holy. We are blameless. We are predestined. We are adopted. We are redeemed and forgiven. We know the mystery. We are united to Jesus. He's given us an inheritance. He's sealed with the Holy Spirit, sealed us with the Holy Spirit. Like, guys, you could take, like, weeks talking about these like these and you should at some point like just as you study these things like what does it mean that he, we are predestined like like God chose us before the foundation of the world like he chose you he said I am going to choose to love you like before he knows you not before he knows you but before you're even born he he knows you and he has chosen you not because he sees some good in you but because of his love for you. Like, um, we are united to Christ. We are sealed with the Holy Spirit. Guys, this is the thing that is like, mind-blowing. Because this is the third person of the Trinity. This is God himself that chooses to dwell within people. Like, he dwells within you. Guys, that's nuts, right? Like, that should just be like, uh, how does that work? The God of the universe is choosing to dwell with me. So when God says, I will be with you always, yes, his Holy Spirit is dwelling within us. Like, guys, that is awesome. That is unbelievable. It should be a truth that we think of regularly, and we are just blown away, and we just say, thank you, Lord. This vessel doesn't deserve you. I am a clay jar, but thank you for dwelling within me and empowering me to do your work as, we, as I walk in your spirit. Like, these are all the riches. And so, like I said, you could keep talking about all these. But um, enlightens our hearts, reveals himself to us. Knows, we know hope. We know the inheritance. We know the power of God. We have Jesus as our head of the church. Okay, so that's chapter one. Are we still there? Okay, great. So I'm not going to read chapter two, but I'm just, you can go to the next slide. Here's, here's what chapter two talks about. So these are the continued understanding of the riches we have in Christ. God loves us. He makes us alive with Christ. He saves us by grace. He raises us with him. He seats us with, with Jesus in heaven. He promises future blessings to us. We are saved by grace through faith. We have been prepared for good works have been prepared for us to do. Like, all right, and it continues. We are brought near to God. He is our peace. He removed the hostility between us and God and between us and others. So that's really referring to the Jews and Gentiles, tons of hostility in, in Ephesus, and he's removed that. Like, 
Can that be preached in the U.S. today? Right? In the church, there is, there is not you and they, it, me and them. It is us. It is we. We are the people of God. There is no division in the church. Right? It's great. He is our peace. He's abolished the law. He's given us access to the Father. We are members of the household of God. We are part of the temple of God. Guys, these are the unsearchable riches of God. They're glorious, right? This is what Paul is preaching to the Gentiles. This is what we preach to the unsaved as well. This is what I'm preaching to you, the saved. Why? Because we need to remember these glorious truths. And as we remember them and as we are in awe of them and as we thank God for them, it's just like that overflowing is what allows us then to live lives that then permeate and the world watches us and is like, what's different about this person? Well, the Holy Spirit dwelling in them, producing the fruit that the Spirit does as they are overwhelmed with the riches of Christ has given to us. So <clears throat> different translations use this word for the un- unsearchable, unsearchable um, riches of Christ. It's kind of like unfathomable, inexhaustible riches of Christ, the incalculable Probably the most simple is the infinite. Like, the riches we have in Christ are unending. And, like, just this list here is, is enough to dwell on for a long time. But the scriptures are full of more. And if we spent some time, we could just, it would just be fun to popcorn, like, hey, how have we seen the riches we have in Christ? And you could, we could just keep sharing those. You could. Um, so, But this revelation, Paul says, wasn't just to be kept to himself, but it's to be shared. It's a burden that we have, this this weight, this joyful burden to share these things with others. Um, The gospel of Jesus Christ is truth and from God, and it is a wealth for mankind. It reminds me of this story in the Old Testament. Um, It's in 2 Kings 6, where the Israelites are under siege. And they've been under siege for a while um, by the king of Syria. Um, it's really bad because they, there's no food inside of Samaria. And um, people are starving. And it's like to the point of, well, I'll get there in a second. There's also some people in the story of the lepers. Um, what you know about lepers in the Old Testament is they're actually not allowed to live in cities. Why is that? They're contagious. So they have to go outside the city, and they have to be on their own. So in a sense, like the Syrians that haven't killed the lepers still, they're still there. They just, they're also starving. <laughs> but they're starving outside the city. Inside the city, um, the, the people are, are, are starving. So um, <clears throat> it's interesting where these lepers are outside the city. They are, they're like about ready to die, and they're like, okay. They're at the point where they're like, let's just go to the Syrian army and just say, can you give us food? And if they say no and they kill us, we're going to die anyways. The sword's faster and better than starving. So let's just go. So they go to the Syrian army, and when they get there, what do they find? They're gone. They're, the camp has been abandoned. The people have left, but they've left all their stuff. And so they find food, and they're like, gorging themselves, right? They're eating as much as they can. Oh, it's great. They haven't had food for so long. And then they start just like, look, there's gold and there's silver and there's like these beautiful robes. And they start gathering stuff and they go over and they bury it and they think, well, we'll save this for later. For later. And, they, and they do that. And then all of a sudden their consciences hit them because what's going on? Yeah, their family is still back in the city in Samaria starving. So much so that they're even eating their own children. Let me read. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's 2 Kings 6, 28 to 29. And the king asked her, what's your trouble? And she answered, this woman said to me, give your son that we may eat him today and we'll eat my son tomorrow. So we boiled my son and we ate him. And on the next day I said to her, okay, give me your son so we can eat him. But she has hidden her son. Guys, the situation is you have people who are dying. You have people who are desperate to the point that they're even even eating their own children. And they're hopeless. 
That's, that's the situation that's going on right now. And these guys are doing what? These lepers are doing what? They're gorging themselves. They're burying treasure. And they are not caring about these people over here who are eating their own children. Then 2 Kings 7-9 tells us that the lepers said, they said to one another, we are not doing right. This day is a day of good news. If we are silent and we wait until the morning light, punishment will overtake us. Now therefore, come, let us go and tell the king's household. And then they run off and tell so that, so that others can enjoy <laughs> what the Lord has provided. Guys, here's the reality. We are the lepers. We are the lepers. We have been told of this phenomenal news. And we, of Christ, of being saved from our sins, of being out of being rescued and we should delight running back and telling our fellow image bearers of this good news of the blessings that we have in Christ these riches we have in Christ we are enjoying them we are satisfied in them they are phenomenal it's true but let's not be the lepers who just enjoy them for ourselves and don't go back and tell others who are desperate dying, and hopeless. Every image bearer was made to worship his creator, her creator. As we go share, they can rightly worship the one who made them to worship him. And this is the worship that the Lord deserves. Now, guys, I'm going to tell you that <clears throat> this definitely starts first and foremost where the Lord has planted you. Like, why are you here? Because the Lord has chosen for you guys to live here in Fountain Valley. Is that what we call this place? All right. Like, why are you here? Well, I don't know. There's a, probably a, f a fun time to hear lots of stories of how the Lord has gotten you here. I don't know all of them. And it would be really fun. I enjoy listening to just the treks the Lord brings us on to get you where he has you. But I do know this. The Lord has you here. And this is where he has you for now. And he has you living in the exact house he has you living in. Why? Because he wants you to affect the people around you. You guys have neighbors. Some are believers, some are unbelievers. I don't know. But the Lord has given you that spot location for that purpose. Why do you have the jobs you have? Because he wants your, his glory to be made known in that area. And so as you're with the coworkers that maybe bother you, annoy you, or that you love... Like, you are supposed to, to, to radiate the light of Christ to them, okay? Why are you guys in school, the schools that you guys are in? For the same reason. Why are you guys, like, everything is, like, you guys, the Lord has you here. Why do you have the families? You don't get to choose your family, right? But the Lord has you in your families for the same reason. Um, like, be the leper who shares this good truth this beautiful thing of the riches we have in Christ, let those who are in your sphere, let them know that. So I'm just going to take a moment, and I'm just going to pray for us in that. And then it's not a closing prayer, so don't get your hopes up. So <clears throat> then we'll continue on. But let me pray. Lord, I do pray for these brothers and sisters of mine that live in this area. Lord, in your wisdom, you have placed them in these homes and with these neighbors, with these co-workers, with these families. Lord, please give them, Lord, and me, give all of us a growing awareness of how blessed we are in you. Lord, help us to be amazed and thankful. Help us to be aware of those around us who are under your wrath and do not know you, nor your favor, nor your love. Give us compassionate hearts, Lord, that, Lord, we long to run to them and tell them of this good news that they can escape from the wrath of God. Here we pray. Amen. All right, let's pick up back in 3, 8 to 10. So he says, To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things, so that through the church 
the manifold wisdom of God might be now be made known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places. So this idea of bring light to everyone, I think, you know, in the Greek, it means everyone as well, right? So, like, it's just this idea of everyone. Like, we aren't just focused on, on like, bringing the light of the good news of God to a few, but we are, like, we need to be captured by this idea that we are to bring the light to everyone. And we'll talk more about this a little bit later. But talk about the plan of the mystery hidden for ages. Just that... Because this has been God's plan from all of eternity, is that he is choosing um, to, through the church, make his glory known to all people. Um, all his image bearers to be the people of God, the, both the Jews and the Gentiles. <clears throat> and it is through the church. Like God's plan is to use his bride, to use his body, to use his church us, his people, that's what the church is, right? To make his glory known um, amongst the nations. And I love the word, the manifold wisdom. How many of you guys use the word manifold on a regular basis? Yeah, me neither. So manifold, like rich, varied, plethora. It's kind of like taking a diamond and as you just turn it, you just see all the like, you know, just a new angle, new beauty that the diamond just gives us more and more understanding. Like, it just has all these different perspectives of the diamond. And, and this, this is the idea that the church is making known um, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known. So as we, as we, the church, care for each other, as we love each other, practicing the one another's, as we care for the lost, as we care for the hurting, as we care for the people that God cares for, like God's wisdom is made known to the world through that. Through that. Um, like this rich, this rich variety of God's wisdom can be made known. Um, so like I said, we are responsible making God's glory known where he's planted us. And then obviously the Great Commission can someone quote that, Matthew 28, 18 to 20? All authority in heaven and earth has been made, given to me. So therefore, go to all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father and Son. Go to all nations, making disciples, and baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, um, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. So, guys, part of, all, of his church's um, what he's tasked for his church is also to make his glory name to all the nations. Like we are supposed to, that, that's not just something that that's only for elect few. No, that's to his, his church, his bride. And so we get to participate in that. How do you participate that? In a lots of variety of ways, okay? And, um, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But, but this is the responsibility of the church is to make his name known, to make disciples amongst all the nations. Um, so one thing I have a question for you guys is, is how did you guys come to faith? So what do I mean by that? Well, I'll let you answer first before I give you more clarity. How did you come to faith? By hearing from who? Spirit. Someone said Family. Okay, so maybe you grew up in a Christian home. That's one option. How else? Coworker, it's, okay. From where? From reading the Bible? Okay. So you had a Bible in your own language that you understood? Sunday school, someone said? Yeah, through difficult. But in those difficulties, then what? Did, who, ta who helped you through that? No one? Just the word of God? Yeah. Okay. A pastor? How have you grown in Christ? His word? How do you get his word? The Bible? I bet more than that. What's that? Fellowship? Other believers? Right? That's huge. Prayers, people praying for you, study groups. Prayers, let me just touch on it a second. How many people have you guys known 
where there have been unbelievers for a long time and people have been praying them for like years and then they come to faith. You guys all can... How many of you guys are praying for people for years? Right? We... Right? Okay. Um, all right. You can put this list up. So this is... Like, these are th- ways in which I'm going to say... Some of these you mentioned, some of you didn't. But guys, what I want you to see is this. You are a blessed people who have all of these things available to you. That I'm going to say there is a ton of people in this world who don't have these available. So look at this. So some of you had parents. Some of you have believing family. Some of you have friends, coworkers. People invited you to the church. That was actually in your vicinity that you could actually go to. You have a summer camp, a WANA program, VBS, a backyard Bible study, um, a concert, a book in English, radio, TV, podcast, internet, a track, something left in your car at your door, a Bible left in a hotel room, a John 3.16 sign on an Angels game, right? Like, guys, that's a lot, Like, you don't even realize it probably. But every one of these, in a lot of places in this world, they have zero of this. None. There are no friends who are believers. There's no family members of believers. There's no one praying for them. There's no one, there's no church to be invited to. There's no coworker who's a believer. There's no summer camp. That's a joke. There's no, there's like no believers there. There's no Awana, no VBS, no backyard Bible study. Um, There's no Christian concert to go to. There's no book in their own language that talks about who Christ is. No radio that's going to speak of who Christ is. No TV show, no podcast, no internet is probably potentially limited or nothing in their language. There's no tracks being left. There's no Bible. Guys, desperate people, dying, hopeless Get it? This is who I'm speaking of. There's no Bible study for them to go to. There's no friend to keep them accountable. There's no Sunday school. There's no accountability group. There's no Bible reading plan. There's no small group. There's no podcast that they can hear. Guys, we are blessed people. And you shouldn't feel guilty about it at all. You should praise your Father because in his kindness, he has made his word known to you. In his kindness, he loves you and he has put people around you. In his kindness, he has provided a church where the word of God is preached regularly and faithfully. You are blessed people. You have the word of God in your own language. Guys, don't take it for granted. I take it for granted. You take it for granted. Don't take it for granted, right? Like, we are blessed beyond belief. And don't be guilt. Don't feel guilty. Feel blessed. Know that you have a good father who loves you. And be the leper who says, Lord, make me passionate about getting this word, this truth, this gospel that affects us at a deep level where it should. Lord, make me passionate to take that to those who have no chance, none. Does that mean you go? Maybe. Does that mean that you are willing to let your son or daughter go, which is harder potentially? Maybe. Guys, I know. But that's what our Father has done for us, right? Like if I talk about the stories, like how did you, how did you come to faith? Somebody shared it with you. Somebody shared it with that person at probably a sacrifice to themselves. Yep, sharing Christ is sacrificial. But guys, it's glorious. Like, we have been given the grace of God to share with others. We've been given the grace of God to sacrifice. Does that mean that potentially you sacrifice certain things that you have so that you can help others go? Yeah, joyfully. It's a beautiful thing. I don't know what your lot in life is. That's between you and, and like, as a church, you guys are going to help each other in this, right? where you say, hey, let's be compassionate. Let's be men and women who are compassionate. We care. Piper says, 
Christians care about all suffering, especially eternal suffering. So we want, to con- we want to be concerned about the suffering of people around us. We especially want to be concerned about the eternal suffering that people have, separated from God forever. And so we, you have, we haven't been given what we've been given, who we are, everything, our gifts, our abilities, our finances, so that we can be comfortable, right? We know that. We fight it. I, com- I fight it all the time. But we have been given everything that we are so that God's name can be honored. How is God's name honored? By his creatures coming to know him and worshiping him as they were created. They were created to worship him. We were created to worship him, right? And so may the Lord use you individually, but more importantly, you as a church. May the Lord use you to make his name known wherever that is. Um. Because there's a lot of dying, desperate, hopeless people out there. So I'm going to go into now just a little bit, just explaining of who we are as Radius. Um, Just so that you can understand, like, this is really the heart that we have down at Radius. Like, we are really servants of the local church. Because really what it is, is the Lord is using his church, right? So I just talked about his church to make his glory known. And so that's the church's responsibility, whether sending people, supporting people, um, whatever that is. But we want to help train people to be able to go plant churches in language groups where there is no access to the gospel. That's a really, really hard task to do. Planting a church here in the States is a hard task to do. To do it in a place where you don't know the language and the culture and everything's foreign to you is really hard. And it comes at great toll on people. And so, just to give a quick thing, Radius was started about seven years ago because there were a couple pastors, a couple college administrators, and a couple missionaries who were sending people out to the mission field. And, um, and And then they were coming home within a few years and just weren't accomplishing what they were, they were set out to do. And they were coming home for a variety of reasons, whether it was struggles in their parenting and their kids just weren't making it, um, and, and they didn't know how to help their kids well, and so they had to come home, or whether it was a struggle with their, with their marriage. Um, you guys know what marriage is like in this context, and marriage is glorious but difficult at times, right? Put it underneath the stress of, of trying to learn a language and trying to run a business and trying to start a church plant, (laughs) right? High-stress marriages. And so how do we prepare people for that? Um, People had struggles with teammates. I mean, you guys know what it's like to work with people. People are difficult. You're difficult. So, you know, like, how do you do that? Those are the things that we are trying to to help. Like, these guys saw their, their friends coming back from the field um, not being able to deal with the lack of privacy, um, not being able to deal with the, the extreme weather conditions, not being able to deal with just the cultural shock that was happening. So all of these things caused um, these six men to say we need to start Radius International so that we can train people to be able to do church planting to unreached language groups. Okay, so that's the focus that we are. That's, we're not all of missions. We're just kind of a thin slice, but that's what we are focused on doing. Um, and so really, we, the methodology we're saying is like you need to learn the language and culture to the point of fluency so that you can communicate this message perfectly. Like we want you to be able to communicate in a way that people are going to understand. You know, like... As, as people are communicating to you the message of the gospel, we want it to be communicated in a way that you understand that when you say something to, you, to them, they're understanding what you mean. And when, when you try to verify what was said, you can verify, okay, yeah, you got it. You, you understand the gospel. Or no, you're way off. And that's not fine. As many of you were growing up in faith, my guess is there were times you were way off, right? And you had to have a brother or sister come alongside and help clear it up, right? Praise the Lord for that. Praise the Lord for, for discipleship. So, all that to say, um, it takes 
about 15 to 20 years is what we say. It's like two to four years to learn the first language. I was just talking with um, Sinti and um, John this morning about Indonesia and just this idea of you go and you learn Bahasa. It takes about two to four years to learn that language. Actually, it probably takes a little less. Bahasa is an easier language. Um, but then, then they're going to go to the, the, the other places in, in, in Indonesia that don't, like language groups in there, that don't have the access to the gospel. There's no church, there's no believers. So you learn Bahasa so you can interact on the government level and you can work throughout the country. But, but then after they have Bahasa down and learn that language and culture, then they move into this unreached language group inside of Indonesia. And that's where they spend another two to four years to learn that language. Because unfortunately, many languages are not like connected. They're, very, they're just different. So it's like, it's, it's hard, it's difficult. Now, some countries they're going to, um, the governments don't want them there. So while they're doing learning language and culture for these two to four years, another two to four years, they're also running a business. And then as they're running the business, learning these language and cultures, um, you know, that's going to take two to four years, another two to four years. Lord willing, then, as you know the language and culture well enough, you can present the gospel in a way that they can understand it. The Lord raises up believers. And as he raises up believers, you start gathering them together so that they can be like we are here. <laughs> maybe not in this situation, maybe not in a building, it might be in a living room. That's fine. But we are the same in the sense that we are the people of God gathered together. This is the church. That's what's exciting, right? Where they can fellowship, they can encourage each other, they can build each other up, okay? So you gather them together. And then as you walk with them and as you disciple them, as you teach them the word of God, leaders begin to raise up. And as you help those leaders understand what is the role that the leader of the church has, then you allow the church to see that and see that the Lord is obviously raising up certain people, allow them to be in leadership, allow them to run the church the way that, we don't want North American churches, right? In this instance, we want an Indonesian church, right? Because God loves that culture as much as he loves any other culture, okay? So we want that to raise up and allow them to lead. And then you're working ourselves out of a job and Lord willing then you back all the way out and the church is sustainable and can then you have a church in an unreached language group then there's hope <laughs> you've got these desperate dying hopeless people who now have hope because this church then can just like I'm encouraging you guys to influence this this area the church in Indonesia and this people group and this language group who was hopeless and desperate before now there's hope that's the goal. That takes about 15 to 20 years. So in other words, what you have is you have 20 to 30-year-olds who are giving their life saying, I'm going to spend the rest of my life to go plant a church in an unreached people group. These are people who have like six-digit incomes who are walking away from that saying, no, the treasure that I see is the glory of God being made known amongst the nations is better than my comfort here in this world. So we have a currently like 50 students um, next year, we have another 50 coming. It's, it's glorious. So you, like, it's just a joy to see these men and women giving their lives. They've got little kids. We have 24 little kids on campus right now, you know, as they're taking their families to these difficult places, enduring these things, and we are trying to train them to help them do that. And most of them come to the realization that they don't have what it takes. They don't. <laughs> they, start, they start going through this, and they just start seeing it, and they're like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. And we just say, that's right. You can't. There's no way that in our own strength, guys, that we can do this. Guys, you can't do it. You can't witness to your neighbors in your own strength. You're going to fall in your face. You need the power of God. You need the Spirit of God in your own lives, just as much as these guys need the Spirit of God in their lives. And they need people praying for them, just like you need people praying for you. Like, guys, we're all in this together. Like, we are the church. This is our task, to make God's glory known amongst the nations, especially in the places where there's no access to the gospel. So, this is the glory of God. This is the glory of his church this is what we're trying to do down in, in Radius, is trying to prepare people to take that where it is. And so just, to, you know, we'll have some information out of the table back there. Um, really, we, we want to be a servant of the church. As you guys are growing in your desire 
and you're like, Lord, how do you want to use us to make your glory known amongst the nations? If we can help you, if the Lord raises up people within your church, and I really do say, parents, do, do take that before the Lord. Like, your children aren't your own. They are his. And um, it's a tough thing to watch parents give their children up to the Lord, but it's also a glorious thing. And to watch the Lord use people's children to take the gospel to places it never is, it is a sacrifice. There's no doubt about it. But it's glorious and good. So let me pray. Father, I am thankful for your word. Lord, what a privilege that we have your word. Lord, thank you for revealing yourself to us. You didn't have to do that. But you are a good father. You are kind. You are gracious. You're, you're generous. Lord, thank you for saving us. Lord, thank you for taking us as your enemies and making us your children. We get full access to you, Lord. We are able to come into your presence at all the time. Lord, your son, Jesus, not only died for us, but he is currently, Lord, standing at your right hand, Lord, interceding for us, praying for us even now. Lord, our flesh desires comfort. Our flesh desires what we want. Help us to, Lord, kill the, kill the flesh, Lord, and, and walk in the Spirit. Lord, help us to love the things that you love. Lord, help us to make your name known throughout this world. And uh, I thank you for what you're doing here in this church, Lord. And I pray that you will continue to grow it. May it just be healthy, Lord. And from the inside out, just be healthier and healthier and healthier, Lord. Help this body to care for each other. Help them, Lord, just to build each other up. So that, Lord, as this watching world around sees it, and as they see this church loving each other, they're just in awe. And they just, it's like, that's so different. And may you receive much glory from it, Lord. Just praise the in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening, and we invite you to visit us Sunday mornings here at Fountain of Life Fellowship. For more information, visit www.folfcrc.com.